And, but the idea is here's a, a, a 17-year-old with a huge following who could be monetizing his or her NIL to bring money in to help bills and things being paid. It's hard being a single mother. I mean, you know, a single parent, period's hard to be. But it's, it's like I read a stat the other day that of like some 80% of basketball, football, power five conferences, 80% of them are below the poverty line. My friends, do I have a treat for you today? I have on Frank Garza, and actually allude to this later on in the podcast, that this is one of those um, Jeff Hoffman-like episodes. By Frank, if you haven't heard that episode, I, I highly encourage you. It's one of my favorites. Um, but I forgot this was an interview and just kept having a conversation with Frank. And, and those are my favorite um, in the sense that I get so lost in the conversation that sometimes I'm like, oh, shoot, I should probably let you talk. And then he'd, he'd interrupt me because he'd have something really exciting to say. And we just built off of a, an energy. And I'm also happy to report that uh, since this podcast, we've talked several times. We're working on some really cool things. But, but Frank is, is talking about something that um, has just basically uh, hit uh, a lot of states' new laws, and that is on name, image, and likeness uh, for college athletes, and also how that possibly ties in uh, to uh, NFTs. And if you don't know anything about NFTs, we're going to get into that as well. And also how he helped his son uh, and Big Ten Player of the Year, Luca Garza, and actually College Basketball Player of the Year, Luca Garza, and how he prepared him and even some of the breathing techniques. So this is a, a really, really unique episode that went a little longer than my normal ones. And, and actually, I shortened it down. I think it was probably like an hour and a half that we had that much fun talking. Uh, so I know that you're going to enjoy this one. If, if, it, if you find value in it, please make sure you share it with some friends because we're going to be talking about some things that are very on the cusp and, and are about here. So without further ado, enough of me gabbing, Mr. Frank Garza. All right, now joining me, we have Frank Garza. I, you know, Frank, um, before I really get into this, when I first was told about uh, what you were doing, um, even though I am a Big Ten fan, uh, I was drawn to what you were doing already. And then, oh, by the way, my son's going to be entering the NBA. Uh, so uh, from dad to dad, uh, I love the fact that, you know, you're, 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 you're basically my age. Uh, and one of the first things I read was visionary, economist, human performance and development specialist. It, 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 if there's one thing that I'm really trying to do here is that I'm trying to be a visionary of education. Um, I'm, I'm a wannabe economist. Frank, I, I like one of my white whales, one of my, I'm trying to track down, if I can get one of the guys on Freakonomics, I just, either Steven, I don't care. Right, uh, right, and, and right. Then, and, and then your human performance and mental development. I start really looking into your work. So this was a really long rolling intro of Frank Garza. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Don. And right back to you in terms of you. I would say you are a visionary with what you with the started a foundation and what you're doing with the pitch uh, contest that you guys do. So uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's jump right in. I mean, like, really, in, in some ways, I'm almost guarded. You say that because people are like, oh, you run a pitch competition. Like a lot of people assume that a pitch competition is like you'll get, and, and when I say a youth pitch competition, you'll get a lot of like, I hate cancer. Cancer's bad. I'm going to develop an app that cures cancer. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what Innovate Within is. We are, our method and our, our marketing message to get more people involved is see problems as opportunities. We think that if you think like an entrepreneur, and that is a nice way of saying, if you complain less and listen more to problems, and you think I can build and scale teams, that's 
that's the entrepreneurial mindset. You have been doing a lot of training. If I may speak for you, a lot of it is first on the mindset. Correct. Talk to me about the current school conditions and then you as a father and coach um, on on what you did to to, uh, provide some of this mindset and coaching to your own children. Yeah, well, thank you for that. uh, Well, you, you touch a chord inside me. Uh, when we come to education and particularly about development and growth. And what I mean by that is that we're only going to perform on the outside. That's consistent with our inner coherence. So mind, body, spirit. So if that's not in alignment, I don't care how good the teacher is or how great the training is or how great the circumstances are, you're only going to perform to the level that your insides will allow you to. And um, so it's a little bit different. It's almost like if we, if we were in India right now, they would be laughing at the statement I just said, because kids are taught to meditate while they're meditating in the womb because their mom's meditating, you know, and, and working on the inner game, the inner development, because the insides determine the outsides, what you see, how you see it, what you hear, how you hear it, what you feel and how you feel. It's all dependent upon how you're interpreting everything. And a basic tenet in our Elevate course is, is the proof that you don't see with your eyes. Your eyes only interpret light, they bring it in, and then it's interpreted on the inside based upon your lifetime experience. To date, some of that could be good and helpful. Some of it could be very limiting in terms of what you see. What are you seeing? Well, I don't see those opportunities. Why? My insides won't let my outsides see. So from that perspective, and with Luca, particularly in his development, uh, as well as our other program, is to get the work on the insides first. There are a ton of training programs out there, and all they do is outside development. Oh, uh, so in sports, it's jump higher, lift more weights, eat more, eat this, do this, do that. And everyone leaves alone the insides. So when the lights come on, the referees are out there, you turn the lights on, and the kids can't perform. Coaches are sitting around, well, we have to then practice harder. We have to do more outside skill development. What they're missing is a gigantic, huge air, which is where you need to go is inside. For every time you spend an hour on the outside, you need to spend 15 minutes on the inside. When you do that, the outside flows better. That's why you see at every level of elite performance consistency, which is where Luca hit as a collegiate uh, player, uh, in pressure, double, triple teams, COVID. He could still perform at this elite level. Why? He took his mind to the gym. He rehearsed the future, Don, before it came. Just like a great mom does about kindergarten. It's like, hey, Don, hey, listen, we're going to go buy some new clothes. Well, why, mom? We're going to school as kindergarten. You're going to meet friends. You're going to have fun. You're going to play. By the way, we're going to get you a lunchbox, too, with this little thermos. Yeah. Well, why? We're going to school. Well, mom, I want to go to school. Well, hey, honey, it's only June. School starts in September. See, she got you fired up. She rehearsed the future with you. But then what happens is K through 12 just forgets the mind. Dalai Lama said, if we taught meditation to young, every eight-year-old on the planet, we would end violence in one generation. That's how powerful it is, but it's frightening, Don. I don't know what you've experienced, but... We're going to be friends for a long time, Frank. Um, so let me, oh man, man, oh man, oh man. You got me all sorts of excited. Um, I guess maybe, maybe we sprinkle in a little Tish Not Han in there. We'll, we'll really jam yes, out. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. No, but I, I totally agree. And I, and I think that, 
first of all, let me say that being a public educator for 21 years, I'm now out because I run this organization, um, which by the way, I almost have that survivor's guilt, you know, that I got out right before COVID. And I, I feel terrible about that. Um, but <laughs> so like, I'm not bad mouthing. Matter of fact, that whole C problems is opportunities. I see an opportunity for a massive shift here. Um, so yes. I'm not, I'm not just merely casting aspersions. But I do say the 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 foundation is um, is what exactly was meant to do. Sit down, shut up, memorize this, be a compliant good boy or good girl, and you too will get a job at Ford. No, that, and I'm, I'm I'm being really no, I, I right. But so that preparing of the mind is the mental work, like school um, in the in the factory kind of model. Um, and I'm talking about K-12, not necessarily the university. It was about compliance and being in line. Um, now we're talking about deeper work, a lot more intellectual uh, property kind of thing. That's where we're headed towards. And I think like sometimes really complex problems sometimes can at least be addressed by really simple solutions. And I do say, I agree with you, you know, teaching meditation and understanding metacognition and having space for that is really, really, really important. So good place to start. I love it. You know, I, I, I say this to you, when, when our mothers gave birth to us, I mean, this is how important pranayama is, the science of breath. The first thing that doctor did is put away the equipment, put away the EKG, put away the sonogram, put away that, said, I'm gonna teach you how to breathe. Because if you don't breathe correctly, you die. So does your child. So that's what they teach first. And then, not again. I mean, Luca has, even if you wanted to have a competitive advantage, Don, you'd practice pranayama. Why? Your capacity of your lungs, Luca's capacity is one and a half times anyone else he touches. Why? We work on breathing and expanding the lung capacity, uh -oh. right? I mean, it's like, it's so simple, yeah. not easy. Well, right. What's not easy about it? Well, it's got some kind of Oh, well, if you breathe, that's weird. Or you're, or you know, there's just so much misinformation Ooh, about that things, and this yeah. metacognition, right? Yeah. 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 You know, well, so I, it's like you're reminding me, so not trying to um make this about Indiana, but you're reminding me of uh well, technically he's from Indiana. He uh for better, well, if you're from UCLA, you think it's the best, but like talking about making simplistic things the the core foundation, John Wooden. You know, yes. making sure those first things are first. And and yes. I know that I'm sure a lot of, you know, uh, players, when they first got there, they thought, this is crazy. He's teaching us how to lace our shoes effectively. No, put on the yeah. socks. That's right. You're right. I, you're right. I, I know. I, I knew Coach Wooden. I got to spend a summer taking walks with him. And I, I talked all about poetry, Pyramid Lucky. of Success, nothing about basketball with him. Ah. But he said, and I was there when he teaches them how, here's how you take your socks out here's how you roll here's how you put them on your feet here's how you lace it because that's first things first yeah yeah man i love that so obviously you worked with your own son it, let's just go hypothetical here let's let's deeply breathe and think about this if if frank garza starts a elementary school tomorrow other than uh breathing box breathing whatever style you want past breathing what's next what, what is a core element that is not done currently that the Frank Garza School of Life is going to implement? Great question, by the way. And uh, we do it in Elevate. It's called visual motor rehearsal, which is bringing the future into the present. It's time traveling. 
It's saying, okay, I've got this test coming up or I've got this event coming up or I just wanna feel better. Let's rehearse the future. Let's play our day out. And, and, and here's, it's like this. It's like we're born, we're not hypnotized yet. But as we get older, we begin to become hypnotized. Don't do that. Don't grab that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. You see this uh, interesting in France where you have all these vineyards out there. And only thing that's separating the, the cows from the vineyards is this little shrub all the way through. But since they were born, they were taught you can't go past it. Now, they could eat their way through it and get to the vineyards and eat them all. But they won't because they've been taught that limitation. They won't go outside that limitation. Why? It was a conditioning put and placed in at home, in school, in K through 12. The media bullshit. messaging. Media messaging. I, 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 oh, yes. Oh, I am so tired. Like, believe again, not making this about my organization. Our thing was see problems as opportunities. There is so right. much media messaging. The world's stacked against you. You're, 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 you're screwed. There's no way you can possibly succeed in this world. I'm like, bullshit. Opportunities are everywhere. Right. And, yes. and you're right. These, these fences we put up in education. And again, like I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just saying that we need to have a conversation because right. the limiting factors and not looking at the opportunities, you know, the, the high stakes testing. Oh, if you don't do well in this, you're not going to get into right. that good college. Right. Exactly. And oh, don't get a B. Don't get a B. This famous college won't accept you if you get a B. So these things are really, really, really dangerous. So I'm, I'm glad that you're addressing that. I'm sorry, I'm gonna try not to cut you off. I get so damn excited. You're saying things that are like really- <laughs> Well, I agree, we're gonna know each other now for the rest of our lives, I can tell already. Yeah, I you know, know. It's, so, it's such a pleasure to meet someone who gets it. And By know, the so, way, can, so, I, can I take a quick time out? This is reminding sure. me of people are like, yes. what is your favorite podcast? And I've got to give him credit where credit's due because at that event that I invited you to at Indy, he was our keynote speaker. I don't know if you know Jeff Hoffman. He was I one asked, of the- I don't know him personally, but I'm certainly- Well, know him. I'm yes. going to make sure that changes after this conversation. Thank you for that. Jeff Thank was you. one of those persons that- he was interrupting me and finishing my sentences and then I'd interrupt him and finish his sentences because we had such a similar passion about the human condition and Frank, like you're a homing beacon. I just, anyway, I will stop interrupting you because it feels very much similar to the conversation I had with Jeff. So oh, ever this conversation is over, we'll have another conversation. We all need to get together. <laughs> anyway, continue. Well, yeah, so I would first, in order for visual motor rehearsal to work, in other words, in order to rehearse the future, you've got to drop your heart rate 10 to 15 beats a minute. You got to get to what we call the theta wave in your mind, which is zero through six. You're always in theta wave. Your creation, you could be on a cement pavement thinking you're in a beach on a sand building a castle because your imagination's in total theta mode, which is everything's imagination because that's how we grow and develop. And then again, as we get hypnotized, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. We shut off that muscle. So part of bringing it back and reclaiming our superpower, which is breath, there's no longer, Don, the chance to hide behind, oh, well, we don't know the science of it. Neuroscience in the last five years has made this irrefutable. Irrefutable. That if you lower your heart rate 10 to uh, 15 beats a minute, you're in theta, you can change your life like that. But you got to condition the mind and the body to receive. And what you gotta do is shut off all that outside noise. Stop, 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 stop. Have your breath to where it's one breath per minute. 
in for 20, hold for 20, out for 20, hold for 20. Now that's a box. We do different yep. star alignments. We do all different kinds. But in its essence, minimum of one breath per minute, it's scientifically proven when you're doing that. We enter the theta wave and now we can program our mind for a new future. And people say, well, why is that important, Frank? I say, well, listen, tell me, how did you get up today? Well, I got up on the left side of the bed. I grabbed my phone. I got my special coffee mug. I put my thing together. I got in my car the same way. I didn't. I said, so I said, listen, aren't you in fact living out an archaic software program that has nothing to do with the future? You're living in the past because that's what you did the day before. That's what you did the day before that. So have you learned anything new? Have you grown? Have you developed? And the answer is no, because I'm just running an archaic software program, that, which may not be in my best interest. It may be blocking out things and opportunities and solutions. Why? I fixed on this routine. And so how important is it? It's, it's like this. When John F. Kennedy said, we're going to the moon safely, but I'll hang out there for a little bit, come back safely. That triggered creativity, created imagination, causes to get outside of it. Well, you can do the same thing for yourself by making a declaration about how you're going to breathe and how many times a, a day you're going to breathe on purpose as opposed to not even being consciously aware of breath. I, so you're making me realize that in some ways I'm not even treating my office like I treated the classroom. My last two years of the classroom, um, I got to know Stephen Kotler really well, and he uh -huh. talks about flow states. Um, but obviously, one of the things that was big uh, it was on breathing too. Not necessarily going all Wim Hof on kids, but um, I was starting to do some guided meditations and breathing. And we're talking uh -huh. about three to five minutes. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. we got to the point where if all of a sudden we got in a really big hurry and we didn't start off our class time, about 20 minutes into the class, we're like, uh, Wetrick, could we really quick? do a guided meditation like because yeah. they because everybody's like reporting like because a lot of times they one of my favorite things they said they go i can like I had them close their eyes we dimmed the we dimmed the lights and we kind of did some breathing but then i talked about a lot of times gratitude and one of my favorite things is a kid goes my eyes are closed but i can hear you smile <laughs> I love and it, like that has stuck with me the rest of my life because i would i'd get into this you know whether you call it prayerful or you know i have my own faith background but like I, I try not to like confuse the two yeah. but a lot yeah. of times I'd be in that state that I'd be expressing gratitude and yeah. that and then guiding them like okay so in hold yeah. and out and then all of a sudden we'd get into that pattern and then I just start talking I'm really grateful yeah. to be here today I'm really glad to get you guys are laying out yeah, your goals. So it, just, it just reminded me the fact that I'm leading a small team of adults and I haven't done that. And well, I need to start that again. Now you will love it. They'll love it too. Uh, they'll love it too. I mean, our largest client, um, and, you know, my partner, we have a, a company called Conscious Selling where we teach solutions in the tech world and how to build the narrative. For instance, no one knew they needed to use the cloud 14 years ago when we started with Salesforce. No one knew you needed a LinkedIn address 12 years ago until we created a narrative where now there's a, you know, it's the largest business social network out there. So technology is great because it causes one to help people see what they currently can't see or to, to know what they're, but here's my point. Benioff on his Salesforce tower, the second largest building in the Western hemisphere, Don in San Francisco, the salesforce.com tower. 
put a meditation room on every one of the 61 floors where he's there. And people were going, you're nuts. You know how much money we're losing out on rent and cash flow? But I'm telling you, we use that meditation room to prepare them to make these sales calls with countries, billion dollar transactions, why they need to be at their elite performance ability. And the only way to do that is to go inside, not outside, inside, not outside. And it's simple, not easy, because why? It's not been a habit yet. It hasn't been a priority to teach us in classes. But I would, I would say to you, you start that with your team. You watch your creativity go through the roof. Because when you still the mind and you slow it down, two things happen. One is there's less thoughts, but the thoughts that come in are the highest caliber. And that's where solutions are found. That's where solutions are found. They're not found on four cups of coffee and all revved up and no, they're slow it down so you can hear what you're currently not hearing. And I would say to you, I would just strongly encourage you to do that. I, we do it with every, all our meetings. We start off, we do them, we do them before our big calls. Why? It's important enough for us to be fully present, to be at our best because why I, I am honoring you. Part of why we bow and you know, do this is to show that we honor the beauty inside of you. And that's what we're, that's what we're bowing to is the beauty of you. And so when we do that, magical things happen, magical things happen. And, uh, and that's the beautiful thing about, uh, uh the consequences of, of an inner self-discipline work where we're taking the mind to the gym. Love that. So let, let me go back over. So the Frank Garza school of mindfulness, we start off by, we, we've got a breathing component. Um, phase two was, help me out again. Visual motor rehearsal. Visual, seeing that. And then your, your, your third thing. This third is, thing I, would be intention. Mm. And here is, I take it from Deepak Chopra. We got to study under him for a while when he came out with his 13th disciple. We did a thing here in DC. And so I've gotten to, to know him, but one of the quotes stuck that, that he said, and we add a little element to it. And it's attention energizes, intention transforms. So let me give you a story. Luca, during his uh, junior year, was having a hard time with his free throws. He said, Dad, I can't make a free throw. I can't do this. I can't do that. So his attention energized that part of his brain, which is a servo mechanism that said, I can't make free throws. He's literally telling his mind by bringing attention to it what he doesn't want. I, I can't make a free throw. Okay, you can't make a free throw. And the way we got around that and changed that was to change it from attention to intention. So an intention would be, hey, that's not like me. I'm a great free throw shooter. The next time I'm gonna keep my eyes on the rim while I follow through all the way through. So intention transforms behavior. Attention only energizes and sometimes it could be not good for you because you're energizing those behaviors that are not serving you. And so the third thing in our class, and I, I like mindfulness, although it's kind of for me overused word because mindfulness, you could be mindful and not be aware, is more awareness, awareness, not mindfulness. Mindfulness is just sometimes too selfish. How am I feeling? How am I this? No, what's happening? right, is, is awareness. What's going on around me as opposed to just that inside thing? It's open it up. So uh, the third thing would be intention, teaching intention. 
And when you do that, and my intention is to do this, here's my intention. Now you're allowing change to happen because the intention dictates. That is such a good point. That is such a good point. That really resonated because I do agree, like mindfulness. Well, it's kind of like practicing and practicing well. You know, anybody can go out and shoot sloppy free throws. You're never going right. to get better just because you shot sloppy free throws. Is right. you're gonna, so I like that intentionality because, and, and I say that that's probably the hardest of, of your three legs is like deciding where the intention is going to be is the hardest. Right. Like, like one of the hardest things, like we run a statewide program with a team of four and a half people, buddy. Wow. It is. <laughs> rough so how do you for, do that uh well we'll talk after <laughs> you see some of these gray hairs they weren't here three months ago. yeah I, uh, fair enough brother yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's the intentionality on where to put the intellectual time and then and then also to realize you know what's better to to let it float down the river and see if it comes back to us um so yeah that that really resonated and and also like man talk about opening up a can of worms the intentionality of of what you spend your time on. I mean, like there was one student and he'll, he may be listening to this um, several years ago. Again, I, I started a bizarre class called innovation and open source learning. And actually the guy that's in your zip code, Dan Pink, I owe everything to because Dan had this yeah. Ted talk. And, and so yeah. I kind of modeled the I class around it. And yeah. so it was called innovation and open source learning. But the first six to seven weeks, I taught you how to think for yourself. And then open source, learn it. Why should you be 17 and on LinkedIn? Because no other 17 years are. And then that's how you open source learn. So if a student goes, I want to learn how to, I don't care what it is. I want to learn how to be a Salesforce administrator while I'm still in high school. Great. I don't know how to do that, but we open source learn that. Here you are teaching mindsets, but you're also saying, here's what are some of the things that are on the cusp. You can go down the NFT rabbit hole if you want, or some of these other things, the opportunities, because I, I said, you know, elementary school what's what is this frank school garza of education okay now what is the graduate studies what is like okay i'm about ready to hand your diploma here's the opportunities that are out there that i think that you should be aware of yeah no great question and by the way just last thing about what we were talking about earlier before we leave it is the beautiful thing donna what about what you what what, what you're doing and, and continue to do what you have done uh, as a teacher uh and and i would say an educator right you're an educator is that you're giving kids you're empowering them with life skills. I can't tell you how much inner skill work helped my son through COVID, where you couldn't go meet with anybody. You couldn't socialize with anybody outside the team. If you, when they were staying in hotels, one per room. And if you wanted to go outside, go to the bathroom, you had to, you were a company. Why? Could not risk any exposure to a fan coming up, getting COVID. Crazy. Well, what are you, and you're asking these kids to play at a high level national TV, nobody in the stands, how are they coping with that stress? In a period of COVID where suicides were on the rise, where drug use went through the roof, why? They had no life skills to be able to slow the mind down and take their mind to the gym and go somewhere and escape, if you will, what they're currently doing and build strength from not escaping, but going and getting power. And, and if you really get deep into meditation, there's a, a wonderful um, Harvard um, laureate, uh, forgive me for getting his name, but uh, he patented the universal field, which is, hey, we have an ionosphere. Uh, when we die, our body weighs less, about 21 grams less, right? Something's going up. So all of those spirits are rotating around the earth. We could be breathing in, Jesus Christ uh, air, 
or Julius Caesar's or Attila the Huns. But the point is when you get in a deep meditative state, you leave your body, you're gone. And where are you going? Up to that Ethereum, so to speak. And you're interacting and getting answers. Because meditate, prayer is about asking, meditation is about receiving. Right now you can do both in the same play, but what I wanted just to applaud you on is you provided empowered kids with life skills to breathe. Because no matter what happens in our life, when things get rough, we slow it down and breathe or we lay flat on our back. Why? Gets us into that state, right? Where we're trying to get, just like reading a great book, you get lost and all of a sudden that voice that talks to you when you're reading, that's who you are. And that's where we go to with meditation. So it's a wonderful thing. And I don't want, I want, uh, and you can't mess up meditation. Every person's meditated for over eight months. Uh, if you went to full term, your mom did in the womb, because all you were doing down there was meditating <laughs> the entire time. So you can't mess it up. It's hardwired into our system. So now fast forwarding. What, well, you know, how do you predict the future? Uh, how do you like Salesforce? How do they know we would go to the cloud? How did LinkedIn figure out, oh, well, geez, everyone needs a LinkedIn address because we're going to pool business people together as a filter and do all these wonderful things with it. Well, it comes down, well, a lot of it came from meditation, the whole idea of going into this idea because Luke and I meditate every day. And, um, and also my partner helps out with that Guru Ganesha, who's a Sikh. He's been a Boston hippie converted back in the 60s and hasn't shaved and wears a diaper on his head now for some 57 years now. And he's a wonderful, he's a yogi, he's a holy man. And, and is uh, really added and, and uh, been at the core of our development of the inner game, besides what we've been able to demonstrate it out on the, like for instance, Luca in sports or in any area where your performance is required to be at the best. So I would say this whole NFT thing non has to do with what we call NIL, name, image, and likeness. It's now being recognized that um, you know, there's a big thing in the NCA where if you're a Division One athlete in a Power Five conference, primarily uh, the school owns your NIL and you can't have any of it. And that's all changed. Come July, there's 19 states now. Governors have signed in the bill to allow them to do it. So when we were looking at NIL, and Luke is an economics major, I'm an economics major, thinking about the future and seeing where it is, it's all about NIL. Well, from an economic standpoint, Don, it's a it's a it's a philosophy called non-zero-sum economics, which means zero-sum economics means for me to get more, Don, you have to get less. And that's the way I think the NCA is approaching it. Well, you're going to take away from us, so we pay the athletes. We can't make it. And what Luke and I are proving is no, you just make a bigger pie so everyone gets a slice. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to create a new revenue stream. And several, what are they? Well, one's called NFT. Bring your name, image, and likeness to an NFT, make it unique. And the beautiful thing about NFT behind that, when you peel it back, is what's called blockchain technology, which is simply put, double entry accounting, where it's immutable or irrefutable in terms of the authenticity of what you have, so whether it's artwork. Keep in mind, you're your electronic medical record is going to be on the blockchain. Why? So when a doctor pulls up your file, every medical touch he will see or she will see. So when they prescribe, they won't make a mistake. Why? 
they will have 100% verification. Everything went through the blockchain because you can't forge a blockchain. So every medical record, every escrow in the, uh, in, will be on the blockchain. Why? It's the surest way to have 100% veracity about what you're buying, what you're selling. There was $41 billion, I think, last year in fraud on memorabilia and, 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 and people faking stuff. Well, that won't happen in blockchain. So that's the future. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, um, I, I think <laughs> I'm not going to pander because some people have some issues with this personality. Um, but I think Gary Vaynerchuk has had a really good uh, viewpoint of what's going to be here and what's going to trend. And uh, I have never heard him so resolute on the fact that NFT and it's in how ubiquitous it's going to be, not just for sports memorabilia, but on a lot of other things. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I think that um, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think this is very akin to where like, you know, when the app phone, when the iPhone came out, you're like, what's an app developer? Well, that became a huge market. And I think, and I think a lot of people that are going to build um, you know, and, and not that an NFT always has to be built on Ethereum, but there, there's right. just a lot of opportunities out there that haven't been discovered yet. And, and even, and even things that like, you know, I had a lot of students that knew the tech jargon. They just weren't necessarily the tech people and that's okay. A visionary okay. doesn't have to be the developer. Yeah. 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 It's okay. By the way, I would like to suggest this for, for your foundation is we are the Luca Gars NFT group creating a marketplace where so far, it's so hard. Uh, you mentioned Ethereum, you know, these things. It's so hard for just someone to jump in to get into it. Well, we're going to take away all those barriers that make it so complex. But what we want to create is a marketplace where we have through the lens of youth, not a bunch of old guys. No, the college students themselves, the high school students themselves, creating the artwork, creating the NFTs and put them all to work. For instance, I was talking with this kid, kid's mother, just a beautiful lady, Miss Williams. Her son is Mikey Williams. He has, I think, 3 million followers. He's proud to be the best basketball player. He's going to be a senior in high school. And she and I were talking because she's taken an active role in her son's development. And she said, Frank, everyone's just trying to throw money at me, but I'm just trying to get to the truth about NFTs and how they work. I said, well, hey, come to the party. Let's talk. And But the idea is here's a 17-year-old a, a with a huge following who could be monetizing his or her NIL to bring money in to help bills and things being paid. It's hard being a single mother. I mean, you know, a single parent, period's hard to be. But it's, it's like I read a stat the other day that of like some 80% of basketball, football, power five conferences, 80% of them are below the poverty line. Well, you, you bring up a huge issue that you know, because I uh, I'm an older guy and a Big Ten guy, Frank. Uh, right Scott, Scott Skiles got himself in some trouble for appearing on a charity calendar with the new, you know, name likeness and and I'm sorry, and I name but, image likeness, yeah, right. Thank you, because like like you doing an endorsement deal for Nike is going to get you in hot water, but you doing an endorsement deal for you is completely fine. Yeah. That's yeah. that's huge. That and is it's a huge. Stream that's not taken away from anybody. It's an mm -hmm. NFT. In other words, when Lucas sold his card for it's the largest amount ever, forty-one thousand, he was the first one to do it. That didn't come out of the NCA's pocket. That didn't come out of the school or the conference. For instance, and even now, 
Don, you can go on Amazon, put in Luca's name, and there's 15 companies out there, different regions, different continents, stealing Luca's NIL, making t-shirts, selling. They don't have the right to do it, but they're just doing it anyway. So it's already happening. People's NILs are being taken. The idea of allowing the student, I mean, for instance, Luca had $20.33 in his account before we did the NFT. Why? The money he gets as the, to pay for rent and get pay for food, he has nothing left over. Now, I just don't think that's correct. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's for the most powerful economy on the planet. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no, this is, I boy, as much as I've already taken a look at, because we'll talk off air, because I've okay. been like been told like, hey, you need to take a look at this as as far as a, like a fundraiser concerns uh, for for your nonprofit. But I never even thought about the fact that yeah, um, non professional athletes can still monetize under yes. these rules, under these rules, and, and why you shouldn't, right? And, and, and even quite frankly, like this is an, a unique opportunity for non like like I, I hate. <laughs> I shouldn't say hate. I don't like that sometimes people that I think that are unbelievably talented and aren't making the money. Let's just go with a, um, okay, in my own backyard. Uh, and actually, unfortunately, he didn't make the Olympic team. David Bodaya, um, wow. he, Olympic diver, um, probably is relying on some swimming based um, endorsement deals. But there's a lot of people out there that really like David Bodaya there could be some NFT offerings that could be lucrative that he doesn't have to wait around. Or yes. like you said, a, a college, you know, a college baseball player, a basketball player, a football player, that they could build some NFT offerings and then some, you know, some one-on-ones or some, you know, endorsement deals that are going to their own company. That's, that's huge. Oh, it's huge. And you know, the thing also about the NFT is it brings the fan closer to the person, the person I like Luca, gave a for his first nft was a, a dinner and a movie was a game of horse was a meditation session was his autograph shoes where he broke the iowa all-time scoring record so there was utilities to it and a lifetime pass for any camp that luca did they got in free now that's value that's a better that's better than buying an upper deck or a panini card because all you get is a card and guess what could be fabricated could even be real blockchain ensures it yeah yeah and yes because now those signed shoes or the whatever it's it's proven i i agree and like you yeah. said the experiential and if and yeah. if they and if you really like you know again i'm talking about vaynerchuk now but like having the first 100 digital copies of your book be yeah. proven the first 100 digital copies of all of a sudden you're tolstoy somebody sells that nft in a year or five or ten and then and then has has every right to say this one was number seven yes and you know what else don you know what else don with a unique thing with blockchain is you can put a maximum of 10 percent. so every time it's sold you get 10 percent. so the person's nil lives as an annuity how brilliant is that how many people have been making money off the nil the person whose nil it is was long removed if ever they got any uh, remuneration for building up that NIL. Now I'll tell you, Lucas spent over 15,000 hours and I was at most of them building uh, his both academic and, and, and his athletic career. The kid deserves to monetize uh, his NIL, right? I mean, it, it, rather than someone else stealing it or just taking advantage of it because they legally can. 
uh, is it's just not there. By the way, I, I also want a, a second encouragement. I won't do it again because uh, I don't want to be an annoyance to you. I want to challenge your group. I want you guys to be part of our marketplace. So Indiana talent contributes in our marketplace. We can give you the parameters, artists, creative, photographers, video, illustrators, anybody there that want to get involved with it. I want an open invitation, Don, to let you know that we will embrace them and bring them in because we are in the middle of doing this now. And I want more youth. I want more of that energy. Yeah. We do meditations before we do all our work too. So have fun with that. But the idea is that why not? It's not like I'm saying this is the internet. No, this is the next wave of the internet is monetization of digital art, authentic verification of what they call immutability of, uh, of original pieces of moments. So for instance, we're working with a company, Don, that let's say there's a game going on, Big Ten game. By the way, Indiana, Iowa football, I'm going to be at that game, Iowa City, baby. That's a big one. They should both be ranked football teams. So anyway. Let's say they're playing and Tyler Goodson from Iowa, and I know his family uh, and I love him to death. It's a, he's another wonderful uh, human being, uh, Dante, I'll, I'll introduce you to. But here's the thing, Tyler gets it. Let's say he makes an 80 yard run, boom. We now have technology to say, okay, that football that Tyler carried, we're now auctioning. It's open for an hour. The highest bidder at the end of the hour gets it. Now that's a new revenue stream. The conference never yeah, thought about. Absolutely. But a 15 year old thought of that, by the way, Don, a yeah. 15 year old. So I want to encourage again, that's more than twice, but you know, what I said, I want, I want to uh, be there. If you guys want to do that, because I think what you guys have done there is yeah. brilliant. Here's and the other thought about what you just said there, Don, excuse me for interrupting is that I want you to know this came from my son. Uh, was when $28.33 in his account and we're building out the NFT, I say, son, I think it could go for, it's really going to go north of 30,000. No way. I said, I think it's going to maybe even higher. And of course it ended up, we were flying back from Iowa city at the time. So we got on the plane. It was like 8,000. We landed, it was 30 and it, it went on extended bed for another, I think eight hours or so, or seven hours. But what he said, Don, was this, I want to take a portion and a very, he did a very large portion back to the community i'm giving to the state's U university of iowa children's hospital so you know what he did there is he created a revenue stream for nonprofits that didn't even know it was there and you know what it would do for a community like children's hospital to get into nfts or their artwork and memorabilia and create a revenue stream that they never had before that's called non-zero-sum economics make the pie bigger you either look at things as finite Oh, there's only so much or infinite. And we're on the infinite side, which is that it's only limited to our imagination and, and, and creativity. Because remember what Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge, period. Yep. Well, let me just share this with you, Don, as a, as a last thing here. And again, I appreciate you having me on the show and everything is um, one of my favorite um, well, uh, creative visionaries is Gene Roddenberry. And he envisioned this now. He envisioned this in the 60s where you would have a female officer. You would have Asian, Russian, African-American all working together. You had a society where what you said was this. Listen, when our basic income, uh, our food, Maslow's low, uh, first hierarchy, which is shelter, food, sustenance, 
Now it becomes, what do you want to learn? Where do we want to go? What excites you? And then encourage that. And I'm telling you, if we did that in one cycle, we would end hunger. We would end pollution. We would create sustainable energy faster than we ever imagined before. I am just telling you that is absolutely. So let let me help you with this. In the three pillars that you said your class would be, all these things are done under those three pillars. Number one, you start off with the basics of your mindset and and your your breathing. Breathing. Secondly, it's the intentionality of today's objective. This year's objective is right. sustainable energy. And just like there's some other things you may need to do on yeah, some day to day. That's the third. The second was visual motor more, more So uh, let me just take that. Sorry, yes. Yeah. No, no. So, so let's. Imagine what it feels like today, a year from now, having solved it. So why? We get our reticular activating system working. We open up the pineal gland and download all these solutions. Because if we can capture the emotion and create it by borrowing it how we feel now, take it to the future and imagine what that's like. Our solutions come faster because that's called energy. And that is the creativity that creates it to happen is the emotional feeling of when it's accomplished, even though right now you don't know how to do it. Doesn't matter. Imagine that it is. What does it feel like when it's there? Act as if visually, and guess what? You're there. You're there in the mind. The body will follow. So that's one, two, three. And then you'd go do your intention, like you just said, and that'll do it. What a perfect way to end. Frank, I... uh... I feel like I've gone through a deep breathing exercise this, this entire hour. Uh, normally the podcasts are about 30 minutes and this is going to open an hour, but that's because I've had this much fun. And, and uh, yeah, I've even, even while talking, I've a lot of introspection is going on. So, Hey, uh, I'm also just going to be fully transparent. Yes. Of course uh, there's going to be a follow-up call. Let's, let's uh, let's, let's combine efforts. Um, but I, I to, to wrap up a, I really do um, this I was even telling my cohort of students, I, I run a cohort in the last eight weeks um, that I said, maybe one of the smartest things you can do is, is have a podcast because it's your excuse to talk to an interview and, and brainstorm with people that you really yeah. admire. Oh, I had sure. no, I had no idea this would be uh, at this high level today. So I appreciate you appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, yeah. Appreciate the fact that from one dad to another, uh, all, all that you're doing. And uh, I would say continued success in the future, but I, I have a feeling that um, we have some we have some follow up to do that. Uh, this is not a goodbye by any means. Well, well, thank you, Don. And I'll just say this to you that the fact that you can recognize it in me just means how much of abundance you have it in you. So thank you again for being that leader and and a beacon. And um, and uh, yeah, I I am uh, I'm better to have known you in this time, and I know we'll have more as a follow up. So I'll look forward to that next opportunity.